Hey there, welcome to the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell. Today I am joined by Stephanie Haynes. Stephanie is an education coach and consultant, providing custom educational consulting and coaching for high school students, educators, and schools that equips all stakeholders to build a pathway to a successful future teens are excited to pursue. She was also the author of College Is Not Mandatory, a parent's guide to navigating all the options available to our kids after high school. During our conversation, Stephanie provides insight as to why teens seem to be lacking in motivation right now and why parents need to abandon their fear of missing out mindset. You won't want to miss Stephanie's valuable advice about how to get your teens talking about their life after high school. This episode is packed full of valuable tips and actionable steps. Now let's get started. Hi, Stephanie. Thanks so much for being here today on the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. I am so excited to be here. I love your podcast, and I'm really honored to be a guest today. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, as we said before we started recording, we we are so in sync, mm-hmm. totally on the same page. And we have a lot to talk about, your book mm-hmm. and, and lots of other things. But before we do that, will you just take a minute and introduce yourself to my audience? Sure. My name is Stephanie, and I am a 30-year veteran of education. I've been a high school educator, a homeschool educator, a charter school educator, school within a school educator. And now I serve as an education coach and consultant, helping uh, parents and educators as well as teenagers figure out that magical path for what to do with life after high school. Yeah. And what a great time to have a resource Mm -hmm. like you available, because not that it's not always been challenging, but the world we're in today is just upside down. Yes. And education has never been more stressed, for lack of a better word, in the educational system. So how awesome to have you um, as a resource for parents. So let's talk a little bit about that. Let's go back. What made you kind of shift from being an educator Mm -hmm. to being a consultant and and working with families? Yeah. You know, the biggest thing was the lack of... I shouldn't say control, but it's the lack of freedom that I had within the classroom to do what I knew my kids needed. And I loved being a teacher. I have wanted to be a teacher since I was in second grade. It's all I've ever done. And nobody has that kind of career path, right? But um, the longer I stayed in education, the more requirements and the more out of control I got with what I got to teach in my classroom. And teachers are just overburdened, overwhelmed with a system that I know you've been talking about quite a bit, that it's broken. And the rest of the community of those powers that be haven't caught up with that yet. So I realized that kids were struggling, that they didn't know how to figure out what to do with their life after high school. Parents had no idea because as parents, we've been told for generations now that our kids have to go to college in order to be successful. So if our child doesn't want to go to college, we have no idea what resources are available to us. And school counselors, as wonderful as they are, are inundated. They have two, three, four hundred kids that they're trying to even just get scheduled. And so the system itself is struggling. And I thought I can do more good stepping out of the classroom, writing, speaking, teaching and working with individual clients than I could trying to work in the classroom. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And I wish there were more of you because, as you said, even in our high school, 
I mean, our, our guidance counselor is same, like hundreds mm -hmm. of kids. Mm -hmm. And it's just an unrealistic expectation. And, you know, again, it's always been hard, but now since COVID, mm -hmm. it's gotten even harder and kids yeah. are struggling more and having more, you know, emotional, social, mm -hmm. and physical yeah. issues. So let's talk about that because I'm sure you're, you're seeing a lot of that, the emotional mm -hmm. struggles that teens are facing today. Can you talk about kind of what you're seeing? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I know you've been talking about it and I know probably as parents, you're all hearing a bit, um, teenagers lack of motivation. There is zero motivation from students right now. And it's very hard. And there's a couple reasons that I've been able to identify both with my clients, but also with the teachers that I work with is during COVID, the expectations for what was required were completely different. And those students, especially if they're maybe juniors this year and they're coming back into a full school system, they learned that the first two years, they didn't have a lot to have to do to be able to get by, to get the A's that they wanted, to get the grades that they wanted. And they had a lot more freedom and autonomy. Well, now you put them back into a traditional school setting. Nobody's made any changes to that. And they're back in the classroom. And now teachers are being told they have to make sure all the holes are, are patched. They have to make sure all the learning that the kids might have lost over COVID is filled up so that by the time that year is over, those kids are back on track. That's an unrealistic expectation. It's ridiculous. And so teachers are trying to make sure kids know everything and kids are trying to show up each day. But now the material feels irrelevant. And a lot of it might be. You know, I know you had a guest on a little while ago that talked about the busy work that has to happen in schools to kind of make it work versus what you can do like in a dual enrollment class. And that's exactly what's happening in the classroom. By no problem or no you know, negativity towards the teacher, this is what we're being told we have to do. So it's a very frustrating place to be for everybody. If you've ever been in a high school setting for any length of time, the mood in the high schools is just bleak. And it's not because mm -hmm. people aren't trying. It's not because teachers don't want kids to succeed and that kids don't want to try. It's just everybody knows the system's broken and mm -hmm. there isn't any way to change it quick enough to catch up. Well, when you add to that, this current generation, this generation Y, they want to know why everything is relevant. Why do I need to learn about this? Why is this important? And they're not being disrespectful when they ask those questions, but there is no clear answer because curriculum hasn't caught up to that. Teachers want to do that. I promise you, this is teachers want so bad to do things differently, but their hands are just as tied as the kids' hands are. And so everybody's stuck in a system that they know doesn't work and they can't fix it. How can anybody really try and thrive in that? Absolutely. My own teenagers, my younger one in particular, will say to me, why am I learning this? Like, it, mm -hmm. it, I had a guest recently who said it's about learning with purpose and meaning mm -hmm. and relevancy and application and all that. And I think, you know, I think it's been that way for a long time. I feel like COVID and maybe not even COVID, but just the times that we live in are kind of bringing that to the surface more and making that more evident. And I think more parents are starting to feel like, I mean, we're seeing such a, an enormous growth in homeschooling mm -hmm. and an unschooling and just right. alternative schooling for kids. Right. right. Because I think a lot of parents are saying, well, my square peg doesn't fit in that round hole. So I'm going to find the place that's right for them. Right. But, you know, a lot of parents I talk to really are feeling frustrated because their kids just don't want to do the work, don't mm -hmm. want to be accountable, don't care about their grades. Mm -hmm. 
how do we help our kids? You know, I, I don't want to just say to my kids, just do it because you have to. Right. right. Or right. just do it because you need a good grade if you want to go to college because maybe they right. won't go to college. Maybe they won't. Right. How do we encourage them to have a vested interest? That's a fantastic question. And a one that I I wish and I think parents are asking, they just don't know who to ask. Right. And so here's the thing. The whole purpose of high school originally before this whole college mentality came into being was to help chi- to help children transition from being a child into being an adult, right? This is where you learn some trades. This is where you got um, some extra knowledge, depending on what pr- profession you might want to step into. But that's what it was about. And so what we've done over the past, I don't know, 20, 25 years is we've removed that so that now it's all about a liberal arts education because the assumption is everybody's going to go to college and there's no discussion about it. Well, that doesn't help anymore. The answer of, well, you ought to do it, like you said, to get the good grade to get into college, it doesn't resonate with a good majority of teens in high schools right now because some of them are questioning, do I even really want to go to college? Setting aside the, what, $1.2 trillion of debt that students have right now, in addition, there is all of this idea about, do I really want to keep striving to have to meet somebody's standards to get in to learn it, to learn my education when that education might be irrelevant by the time I leave? Is that really what the career I want to do needs? And then that's the question. So many kids have no idea what they want to do. They don't understand what they can do in high school can really be beneficial. But because they have no plan and no pathway to what they want to do, high school feels like a waste of time. And in truth, it kind of is unless you're really intentional about building a, a pathway for yourself that gets you into that college or whatever, the rest of us don't have a clear pathway within our high schools that help us understand what else we can do. And that's, I think, what as parents, we can start having those conversations of, yes, I understand why high school can feel feel irrelevant to you right now. Let's figure out the other end. What do you want to be doing? What kind of lifestyle do you want to live? And what do you want to do to create the income for that lifestyle? Now let's backtrack. What can we start doing right now to help you get ready for that? And that's where we can find some relevance. Yeah, that's a great way to approach it. And and that's kind of what I do in my coaching. You know, mm-hmm. I, I coach teens and young adults and even especially for teens because they don't know what they want to do for the rest of their lives, nor should they. Mm-mm. But I always, my big question is what's next? Yes. Like, what do you want to do after high school? It doesn't have to be forever, but do you want to take a gap year? Do you want to go to try college? Do you want to do whatever? And this is one of the many reasons that I love your book. Um, (laughs) So for my listeners, um, Stephanie's book is called College is Not Mandatory, A Parent's Guide to Navigating All the Options Available to Our Kids After High School. And Anybody who listens to this podcast knows I talk about this till I'm blue in the face. Mm -hmm. But one of the things I like about your book, and I was going to save this for later, but it's relevant now, is I love the way you approached this in such a, like, with case studies and and in each of the scenarios, right? In a gap year and in a community college, in a college for those that that it's relevant for. But let's take one step back. So let's talk about why college isn't for everyone and why parents shouldn't panic about it. (laughs) Because- I can't tell you the number of conversations I have with parents, but like, 
But if he doesn't go to college, what's he going to do? I don't want him like eating Cheetos and playing video games on my couch. Right. I'm like, there's other options. Right. It's like, where did that become the ideal of what's going to happen just because your child doesn't go to college? I, it's so funny, but you're right. Every parent that I work with too says the same thing. Well, if they don't go to college, they're going to sit on my couch. Well, first and foremost, that comes from the boundaries you set with your child. You don't have to let your child stay at home. You can prepare them ahead of time for launching and it doesn't have to be college. So let's be clear, that kind of starts back earlier. So that's a whole other episode. We can talk about that separately. But the idea here is that if your child's not going to college and they're telling you, I don't think I want to go to college, that's an opportunity to celebrate and champion your child because you don't realize how against the tide they are going. They are standing where very few right now are standing, although I think that's starting to become much bigger of an issue and and talked about. But if they're telling you they don't want to go or they're trying to figure out why it's even relevant, they're trying to be an individual. They're figuring out who they are. And that's an amazing place for your kid to be because you don't really want them following along with everybody else and then getting to college. And as we know, although colleges don't talk about it, the dropout rate for colleges is astronomical. People go and they don't finish. So do you really want to waste the $20,000 for that first year, 25 or whatever it's going to be just for your child to figure out they really don't want to be there when they've been telling you that all along? That's a really bad investment in my opinion. And so I think it's about helping your child figure out what they really want to do, where they thrive, where they come alive and not letting a particular option dictate that that's the way to get there. There's such a stigma on the not going to college, right? And mm-hmm. I've said this on previous episodes. I don't ask kids anymore where they're going to college. I just mm-hmm. say, what are your plans after high school? Mm-hmm. Because I think it's not fair to say, where are you going to college? No, um, And if, if they say, I don't know what my plans are, then that's okay too. Yeah. Because they'll figure it out. But I think it's more of a parent situation, right? Or mm-hmm. a parent mindset. Mm-hmm. So parents think if they don't go to college, they won't be successful because that's what we were told. Right. Whereas the data shows, and look, I post article after article in my, on my social media about all the jobs, all the opportunity, all the skills-based training, Mm -hmm. everything that's out there and how these young people are are making lots, plenty of money to sustain their lifestyle. So how do we help parents kind of shift that mindset? I've asked this question of a lot of guests and I yeah. keep asking it because I think we keep need to, we need to keep kind of drilling that in. Right. Cause different parents will have different perspectives on that particular mindset. So what we're really talking about is that fear of missing out. How do we help parents understand that what they're operating under is this fear of missing out for their child, which is not where they should be, right? It's not about their missing out. It's about their child building what's successful for them. And I think what what we can do is we need as parents to come back and say, okay, what do I really want for my child? And we're honest, we want our child to be happy. We want our child to be successful. Then we have to prevent ourselves from saying, well, that only comes one way because it doesn't. Now I've met parents and I'm sure you have too, for whom their struggle was massive because they didn't go to a four-year college, let's say, right? They didn't get anything else. They've struggled so hard and they do not want their child to struggle just like they did completely understandable. What we're not advocating is that there's no training necessary after high school for careers. There is. High school does not prepare you for a career. You have to get additional training. But the problem is that we think it only has to come in one way. And that's where I think we as parents, we can adjust. And let's think about it this way. 
you don't parent all of your children the exact same way. They all come with their own personalities, their own ways of doing things. And you have to learn to shift your mind to parent them in different ways. The same is true. Their futures cannot be all aligned with everybody else. We've got to help them find out what's best for them and how to combine all those options to get them to the lifestyle and the version of success that they really want. And we'll be right back after a quick break. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Burn the Boats from Evergreen Podcasts. I interview political leaders and influencers, folks like award-winning journalist Soledad O'Brien and conservative columnist Bill Kristol about the choices they confront when failure is not an option. I won't agree with everyone I talk to, but I respect anyone who believes in something enough to risk everything for it. Because history belongs to those willing to burn the boats. Episodes are out every other week wherever you get your podcasts. So how do you, when you work with clients, how do you help them do that? How do you help them build a plan, Mm -hmm. a solid plan for post high school? Yeah, that's a really great question because there is a there is a process and it's customized, right? So every kid's going to do things a little bit differently and that's fine. But we always start with their values. What is really important to them? What would be what would make their life worthy of being happy and being successful and what needs to be in it versus if something's not in it, would that matter to them? And so helping them clarify their values is one of the very first things that I do, especially with a student who doesn't really know what they want to do and is completely overwhelmed and lost. We start there. Then we start looking at, all right, so what are you good at? What makes you come alive? What do you love to do? Now, there are things, for example, that I know how to do and I kind of enjoy, but they take me forever and I'm not very good at it. And so we talk about the differences between the two. Maybe you can do, you know, maybe you can build something um, out of wood with your hands, but it takes you a long time and you like it, but eh, it's okay. But over here, maybe if you can build a computer software program and you can spend hours coding and you're so, okay, let's talk about those. We just talk about those different things that they're passionate about. And then because this generation is so in tune with causes and so in tune with making sure that who they work for has the same values they do. We talk about what causes are you passionate about? What things are important to you to be a part of? What does that look like for you in your future? And we have those kinds of conversations in addition to what kind of lifestyle do you really want to live? Very few students understand the dynamics of income and lifestyle. They have no relevant understanding for how much it costs to live the life they want. So we do a little processing through that. Let's take a look at how much apartments are going to cost in downtown New York, where you want to live. All right. Can you, what are you going to do to make sure you can afford that rent? Let's talk about that end of things. And then we kind of take a look at the dif- six, the different uh, career clusters. There are 16 of them, right? So we look at them. I have a whole little PowerPoint that I share and say, okay, let's go through and take a look at each of them and that, which ones jump out at you as like, yes, or which ones jump out as you and say, no way, not happening. And we cross those ones off. We add the ones we want to do. And then we do some deeper dives. And this takes some time, right? We take a look at the different career pathways within those, because very often you can start with an entry level career and build your way up. Sometimes with additional education, sometimes it's just with experience. Sometimes it takes having an internship first. And we play around with all of those until my clients feel like they've got a really solid idea of the particular career that they want to, or even just the career cluster. And then we backtrack into the training. What does it take for you to be able to get into that career? And then what can you do in high school to get ready for that? 
How can you network now? How can you build um, experience within classes? What does your school offer? And if they don't offer it, what are the community colleges around you offer that you can get involved in? Like we've talked a lot about, or you've talked a lot about dual enrollment, right? Early college kind of things. That's open to anybody, not just a certain population. So what can we do? And I help parents and students figure that out for themselves. And then they kind of keep moving forward. We keep working through that and refining it until they launch and go, yeah, this is it. I'm stepping out. I know where I'm going. I love that approach. And you mentioned that first, and I agree with this. First, you need to know where you're going. Mm -hmm. Then you figure out how you're going to get there, right? Mm -hmm. You don't say, well, I'll go to college and then I'll figure it out. You say, I, I think I want to work with numbers or I think I, or maybe they know even more than that. Maybe they say, I want to work in healthcare. Okay. What is your, what job in healthcare? What area of healthcare? And, mm -hmm. and maybe you can get there with a certificate program. Maybe you don't have to go to college. So destination is so important before you figure out how you're going to make the trip. So I love that you shared that. I absolutely agree with that. And you just brought a really great, a really great point. A lot of parents say, well, my child doesn't know what to do. I'm just going to have them go off to college because they can get all these experiences with different classes and get exposed to different things. And then they maybe can figure it out. That's a really expensive way to go about it. You can get that exact same experience at your local community college. You can get that exact same experience by having them go to a trade program or a trade school that will train them in the general area they might be interested in at worst case. If they decide, no, I don't really want to stay in that. I want to go up into a different level of that. They can work in that trade to help pay themselves through four-year college if that's what they need, right? Or they can take time to work and save up money. The biggest problem I see parents have is they think, oh my gosh, right after high school, my kid has to launch. It has to be at 17 and a half or 18. And if they don't, somehow they're behind. There's no behind at all. And so I think if we adjust our timeline, if we adjust the expectation of that when they have to launch, we have way more freedom to help kids figure out how to determine what they really want to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, I call it the most expensive experiment mm -hmm. because in some cases you're going to pay what you've paid for a mortgage on your home. And, you know, you wouldn't buy a house not knowing where it is or what it looks like or how many rooms it has or any of that. It's kind of, I feel like it's the same with the college education. And again, I say this mm -hmm. over and over again. I'm sending my first to college this fall. I have no problem with college if right. that's the right path for you. Right. So speaking of our own kids, um, yeah. you you went through this process with yours, right? Yeah, I did. You wanna, yeah. You want to talk I a little did. bit about that? Yeah. My daughter, um, she is is not a traditional student. Let's put it that way. School is not her place. It has not never been her place. She loves the social aspect of it, but academics, not her thing. And C's and B's were good for her, really good for her. Well, when we started talking about life after high school, she's a very creative person. And we kind of started asking her about that pathway. And she went, no, I think I want to be an athletic trainer for the NFL. She was an athletic trainer for her high school at that point. She loved what she was doing. And I thought, okay, that's a lot of math and science. There's a lot that goes into that. That requires a master's. We're thinking long-term here. And she's like, but I think I want to do it. So we looked for the different programs in the schools around us and the schools out of state and wherever they could be. And we looked for those programs and she ended up deciding to go. Well, with programs like that, you start year one. And if for some reason you don't make it into the program, you've lost a whole year of college. Well, she didn't make it in. And some programs are not like this. If you start, you go through. 
at her particular university, they had an interview process, a testing thing. I don't even know what else. And there were so many kids that were there. They only took a small amount and she missed it by two. Oh no. She was devastated. Well, what do you do at that point? And in her mind, I have to finish college in four years. Where she got that, I don't know because we kept telling her, you got time. Nope. She didn't want to change her major. She stayed in health sciences. She graduated, hated it, is not happy, did not love it, and is now enrolled in cosmetology school and is loving it. She's thrilled. She's been doing hair for years. We kept telling her, this is what you should be doing. She's so happy. She's loving it. And she's working in a salon and she's learning how to run the whole thing. And she could have been doing this and she kicks herself every once in a while. Like I could have been doing this, but she does say, I enjoyed my college experience. It can be a benefit for me, but this is what I was meant to do. So it was a long process for us, but she's figured it out. Our son has always wanted to be an athlete. He plays soccer and that the kid eats, sleeps and breathes it. There's, there's no life for him without soccer. It's, it's, I don't know. He's a hyper-focused kid. And so, and he's also, school is easy for him. The child does not have to think. He does not. He just shows up and it's an A. I don't know how he does it. And so he knew he wanted to go play college soccer and he, that's what he wanted to do. So it, for him, it was about what school would take him on their team based on his performance level, his, you know, his play and all that kind of stuff. And he found a small college because that's what he wants. My daughter chose a massive SEC school. My son chose a school of 2,200 kids. There's a big wow. difference. Yeah. And so, huge. It's huge. And he's in the middle of Charlotte, uh, you know, Charlotte, North Carolina. And he loves it. He is involved in the sports entertainment and event management program. So he's learning to do all three of those. Oh, fun. His professors work in the industry. They are helping him network in each class. He is connected with more people as now he's a junior in college. He's, he's got than anybody I've ever seen while still in college. And his school has a 97% job placement rate. That was huge wow. for him. Yes. Wow. Upon graduation, they have jobs, 97% of their students. And so that was a big consideration for him in addition to the college soccer he gets to play. So very different kids, very different pathways, um, and very different experiences as a parent. But having to learn how to help them navigate all of that stuff, I tell my all my parents, it's a part-time job, if not a full-time job, depending on how busy your child is. And it can be a lot of time. So it's worth it to experiment with what might be the best fit for your child rather than just looking at one option only. I love hearing stories from other parents like you who have kids in college or who have had kids in college or really just have had kids launch from the home and just hear anecdotal stories because mm -hmm. I say this all the time. I get my best advice from parents who are a little bit ahead of me as far as mm -hmm. where their kids are in life because, you know, they've been there, done that factor. Right. So getting our kids to talk about this continues mm -hmm. to be a problem too, right? It's yeah. true with my kids and I hear from lots, lots of parents, especially parents of like high school juniors and even some high school seniors that I know that are like, I can't think about it. I don't want to go there. I'm not mm -hmm. ready. I, mm -hmm. I'm overwhelmed. You talk about your top four conversation starters for parents of teens. Will mm -hmm. you share them with my listeners? Cause I know they're going to want to hear those. Yeah, absolutely. And if you miss anything, it's, I have a blog written about it too on my website. So you can go back and oh, find it too. We'll post, we'll post a link to that in the show notes. Yeah. But the idea here is first and foremost, it's about you as a parent. <laughs> You've got to look at your own perspective. Why are you pushing it at this time? 
Is there, what is, what is behind that? What is your motivation? And no judgment about that motivation. Just examine it. What is it about this time that is important to you? Because that's going to come out. Your child's going to pick up on it. Um, but the first, after that, once you've examined that, then you need to start talking about what it is that you think your teen is really good at. Start calling that out. And these are, let me just preface it with, these are not sit down at the dinner table. By the way, what do you, this is what I really think you're good at kind of conversations. These are things you weave into regular conversations along the way, right? This is not sit down and stare at them and ask them what they want to do because they're not going to be able to tell you. They're going to be deer in headlights. The conversations that I think we need to have with teens start first with ourselves. We need to examine our own motivations about why it's so important to talk about it right now, why why we need our child to have an answer right now. And it's not about judgment of that. It's just about understanding what that is. Because when we are aware of it, we can uncover a whole host of feelings that might be driving our relationship with our teen, and they may not be healthy for your relationship. But when you're thinking about talking with your teens about what to do with life after high school, it's not meant to be this big, dramatic conversation, sit down across from each other and stare and say, what do you want to do with your life after high school? It's about weaving it into your current conversations. And so I recommend a couple of things. One, start by calling out when your child exhibits skills or aptitudes or behaviors that are really positive that can maybe play out into a career. Hey, Liz, that's a great way to respond to that particular circumstance. I understand why you're frustrated about how your teacher is presenting the material. How would you do that differently? What do you think should be done? Asking those open-ended questions about the things that they're observing, they're commenting on, they're complaining about even, can really be helpful. In addition to saying, hey, listen, I can't believe you just sat there for five hours and built this whole program. What did you do? How did you do that? Call that out. It's not a waste of time. They may not have gotten their paper done. I get it. But it's not a waste of time. So talk about that. Then you want to let your teen know, hey, listen. You're about to graduate high school in, let's say, four years, three years, whatever. There needs to be a plan for what you're going to do with your life after high school. I don't have any specifics about what I require of you other than you have a plan. So I'm going to give you some space to think about a plan and let's get together, give yourself a date and we'll do something later on. Maybe go fishing with boys in specific. You should be doing something. Go running, go fishing, go do. Don't stare at them face to face. They cannot process That's just how they are. With girls, they might need something like that, but they might also just be okay sitting around having coffee with you or whatever you guys do. But make an appointment with your child and give them plenty of time to think about, okay, what does my plan after high school need to look like? What what am I thinking? I don't have to have a decision. What ideas am I processing? That leads to the next one where you have a conversation with your teen and say, here's where our limitations are going to be for you. Here's what we can provide for you if you've saved money or whatever. And here's when we need you to be self-sufficient, right? Whether that's moving out on your own, whatever that looks like, give them a deadline, help them understand that there is an end. They do not have developed frontal lobes, right? So they can't process. You have to tell them specifically, here's when you need to move out by, by the time you're 21 or by the time you're 20 or whatever, unless you're maybe in college or whatever it is that you want to say. And then say, okay, so what's your plan for me to get you to that place? What do you want to do to earn the money? Come back a little bit later and talk about the answers they have. And then come back and say, listen, we're going to talk about what specific careers you might really be interested in. What do you think you would be really good at that you would like to do to change the world? 
to make the world a better place, to be you in the world so that you can impact it for good. What would that look like for you? And I found that that perspective really helps because a team will then think about, well, how can I really change the world? How can I really do something good in the world? They'll question, but it gives them a pinpoint to start at versus what am I going to do? I have no idea. It's way bigger. So give them something. How do you want to impact the world? And it may just be like you've said before, I want to go on a missions trip when I graduate high school and spend six months in Ecuador or wherever doing something. That's a great next step. Celebrate that. We're done. We've got it. We can figure it out after that. Yeah, it's a plan. You're right. Mm-hmm. Whatever mm-hmm. whatever it is, just have a plan. Yeah. And that ju- our, this generation is so purpose-driven. Yes. Um, I've asked my kids and actually other kids too, like, what problems do you see in the world that need solving? Like, mm-hmm. or they'll bring some, my, my younger son in particular will, will bring something up that he, cause he just consumes information between YouTube and the internet and everywhere else. And he'll, he'll just kind of bring something up that bothers him or that he noticed. And I'm like, well, what would you do to fix that? Or is that mm-hmm. something you're interested in? But I, I, I'm right, right there with you with the weave it into everyday life. And absolutely, mm-hmm. I have my best conversations with my kids when we're in the car, not looking at each other right. because they're both boys. And yeah, you can't sit across from them and go, Hey, what do you think? No, <laughs> it doesn't happen. You just, it, does, it doesn't happen. No. Ours used to come when we were baking, we would make chocolate chip cookies or banana bread or something. And they, my, both my kids would sit there and we'd talk about it together with, you know, while we're making something and they thoroughly enjoyed those kinds of conversations rather than the sit down and talk about it conversations. Yep. Yep. Agreed. So let's talk about, before we talk about where people can find you and follow you, do you want to just talk a little bit about the book and what people can expect? And I, I, I'm holding it in my hands, listeners, and I read it myself and, and found it super helpful. So um, why don't you talk a little bit about that? Well, thank you for that. I'm glad you did find it helpful. Listen, I wrote this book from the perspective of an educator speaking to a parent's heart right? Because as parents, this is where we freak out a lot. And so I started with, this is the background of education. This is where we are right now. Here's why you think that college is the only pathway, because this is where our culture dictates it. And then I talk about, well, here's all of the different options and here's the pros and the cons. And here's the kind of kids that do really well in these options. And then, like you said before, I include case studies. I interviewed hundreds of parents and students to ask them, how did they come about for the decision that they made, those students, and how did those parents handle the decision their student made? Those are really key conversations, and I include those in with each option. So parents whose child chose the military, I ask them, well, how did you adjust to that? How did you help them? What was that like for you? Because I think we need to hear the Me Too moment that comes in because another parent is is struggling with, I didn't even know if I could handle it, but I see them now and they're so happy. Those kinds of things. We need to have that reassurance. And I thought, well, once I'm done with that practical part, that's great information. But now what do parents do with it? Well, as a trained coach, I thought, you know what? We need a guide. And I am one of those step-by-step process people. Put me into something and I'll, and I'll figure a way to get through it. And so I wrote at the back, this, the third section is a guide. It's a guide for how do you go about this as a parent to help your child own the process of do, determining what they want to do with their life after high school. And so I included the whole idea about mindset, helping your child identify their limited versus growth mindset areas. Then you, it steps into how do you help them determine what they want to do if they have no idea? 
And if they do have an idea, how do you help them figure out which option or even combination of options might be best for them? And there's a whole host of open-ended questions that you can either use for conversations with your child, or you can say, hey, listen, here's this great thing to help you figure out if college is really the right fit for you. Why don't you take a look at some of these questions? Um, and you always should customize it for your child, right? I wrote it in a general way, but the idea is I wanted me replicated because I know there's so many parents out there that need this kind of help. And there's only one of me at the moment. So, you know, I thought this would be the best way to help parents understand this is how they can help their child. And there, believe me, there are so many books on the market for parents of teens who are figuring out their path or whether college is the right path or not. And I have read a lot of them, probably most of them, and have talked to some of the authors. And I like this format because as you said, it's it's almost like a how-to manual for parents to help their kids through this phase. We need, I'm speaking for a lot of us, but we need that I think a little bit of handholding because mm -hmm. navigating these conversations is not easy, especially with reluctant young people. Mm -hmm. And just there are so many options out there. So so finding the best path is is critical. Okay, so this is awesome. I'm gonna post a link to the book, a link to the blog post that you mentioned. Where else can people find and follow you online? Yeah, so um, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook as Ed Coach Steph Haynes. So it's E D Coach. Steph Haynes. And so that's kind of where you can find me on social. I also have a YouTube channel. You search it Stephanie Haynes LLC. And on there, I have a ton of video content for parents that deal with any everything from teens mental health to how to talk to your teen to boundaries and SAT and ACT and all kinds of stuff. So you can find me on there as well. Then you can also find on me on my website. I have a section dedicated just for parents to let you know I'm here with you. I understand. And that's stephaniehaynes.net. And on there, you can also find the blog. I give away free resources every month. Something new every month pops up on there. So you can sign up to get those. Um, I offer a newsletter that I post every single week. It's very short because nobody has time for anything big. But there's just a little bit of motivation. Just here's how you can help your team this month. And here's how you can work with your team this month. And something short that can help you. So those are all the ways that you can find me. And you can always contact me on my webpage. There's right there. You can sign up to contact me. You and I can have a conversation and talk about your child. And I would love to help you do that. Excellent. I will put all these links in the show notes. This has been such such a great conversation. I'm already like spinning ideas in my head about when I have you back, like what we're going to talk oh, about. Thank because... you. I would love to come back. Oh, great. You heard it, everybody. I've, yep. I've proved <laughs> well, thanks. Thanks so, so much for being here. This has been really, really great. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I love having conversations like this. And I hope your listeners have found it informative and helpful and encouraging. People like Stephanie, who are so passionate about helping young people find the best path for them, are one of the reasons I started this podcast. As Stephanie noted, and as I have witnessed, most high schools don't help teens develop a clear pathway after graduation. So it's up to us as parents to help guide our teens as they explore and prepare for the road ahead. And it's also up to us to celebrate and champion our teens' decisions, no matter what choices they make after high school. We have got to continue to dispel the myth that college is required for success. It's just not true, and we need a mindset shift. I'm doing my part to help bring this important issue to light. I hope you will join me in that effort. 
When you talk to a young person, don't ask them where they are going to college. Ask them what their plans are after high school graduation. And if they tell you that they aren't going to college, please, please, please cheer them on no matter what their choice. It is, after all, their choice, and they deserve our support and encouragement. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I'm so grateful you took the time to listen. Please share this podcast with someone who will find it helpful. Be sure and check out the show notes at highschoolhamsterwheel.com slash 118, where I will include all links mentioned during this episode. If you or a young person you know needs some career guidance, I can help. You can learn more about me and the coaching I offer at BetsyJewelCoaching.com. That's it for today. I'll be back soon with another episode of the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.